This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Tofup. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello, Charlie. We're in the same room. Isn't this a rare treat? What, less than half a dozen times this year we've been in the same room for Tofup? I mean, it's... I think, again, we've mentioned this before, but we were a podcast perfectly designed <laughs> for social distancing. Yeah. We were social distancing before social distancing was cool. Mm. And I know that that is like a... That's a meme. You know, that's a like a you know, a joke that people were making on Twitter. As soon as we went into social distancing, there were a whole bunch of people going, I've been social, I've been social distancing, distancing for years. But we have literally been socially distancing for years. To TOEFOP, we've been socially distancing <laughs> for years. To the point where I've been listening to other podcasts, like podcasts that are some of my favourites, which have tried to adapt to social distancing. And they sound terrible because they're doing it, you know, recording off of Skype and stuff. And I'm like, we should be like teaching classes to other podcasts about this is how you do a show socially distancing but make it sound like you're in the same room. Like I'm amazed that people don't – because our simple thing is we just record our audio at different ends and send it to a producer to cut it together. We're consultants now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, around the corner from my place is a little – I don't know what you call it, like a learning center. And one of the courses they offer is a course on podcasting. Oh, man, you just got to roll down. You just got to roll down in your everybody relaxed mask and just go, I was well, like, I could be the king of that place. I actually went to Bunnings today in a Tofop mask Did because uh, Bunnings compulsory masks in Sydney. I'm in Sydney at the moment and yeah. uh, for some work things. And uh, Bunnings is, well, not compulsory masks, but. Highly recommended mm. that you wear a mask. Yeah. And I like... Violate your human rights. The 1947 Charter on Human Rights. Well, I've got the 1948 Charter where they updated it and said, <laughs> wear your fucking mask, you idiot. So so I've gone in with my 1948, 1984, no, no, 1984. My 1984 oh, Charter of Human Rights. Oh, my God. It's in fluoro. It's hypercolour. <laughs> just says choose life there's Fido Dardo <laughs> Fido Dardo's on the front with a mask on his face it's very cool Alf no problem no mask no problem no mask no problem uh, yo Willie <laughs> they said to me as I waved my 1984 charter they said which Ray Parker are you referring to Junior I said yeah I ain't afraid of no ghosts <laughs> what were you doing at Bunnings so I've become, I've mentioned this on previous shows, but I've become a bit of a, uh, I've reverted to farmer will. Yes. And I've noticed that while I would never consider myself to be a practical person, I don't have an instinctive understanding of how practical things work. I am incredibly good at following instructions. Me too. I'm the same. Hashtag me too. The real me too. <laughs> the me too. Tofop. Hashtag the real, me too. The real me too. <laughs> 
um, so I, I can follow a YouTube video right. like you wouldn't fucking believe and become like a handyman. Because I'm the same. I've been doing little bits of maintenance around the house. And it's like, oh, as long as I can see. Exa- uh, the problem for me is when I read something and I don't know what the word means or like the, 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 the part or what they're referring to, I get completely like flummoxed. But then just give me a visual guide as well. There's those wiki howls as well that are really great where they have like the cartoons. It's like- My internet search history has gone from something I would be ashamed to show to other people to being something you would put in a manual of, so you want to be a man. <laughs> because every video I Google, like I am just like, it's just how do I, like I'm going to sand the deck and like, you know, um, lacquer the deck, you know, during the week and stain the deck during the week. And I was just like, I've done that before. I've stained the deck, but I've always, I've never done any of the things you're actually meant to do to make the deck look good. You know, all the preparation you're meant to do. I've just gone, fuck it. You know what? It'll still look better with some stain on it. (laughs) I'll brush it down. I'll sweep it down and I'll stain it close enough. But now I've become one of those people that, so I've just been like, there are so many things to fix in this house. This Mm. house is falling apart and I've been, Try. I don't have the money to hire anyone to do it, but also it's a tough time to hire people to do things like that. So I've just been trying to fix everything myself. So today at Bunnings, what did I get at Bunnings today? It was quite a little weird assortment. It was just, none of it was major stuff that I needed. It was just um, all sort of like random stuff that I didn't have. So I got a new hose nozzle. Mm. And you like, so I want to attach my new hose nozzle. Hose nozzle. Hose nozzle. Or my nose hoddle. (laughs) Nose hoddle. And... (laughs) They're like, you're not referring to it as the right thing. No, I think you'll find I'm Mr. Doing, Bunnings. I do a lot of cocaine. I need hoddle. a nose hoddle. You guys got a nose hoddle? It's 1984. Look at this charter of rights. <laughs> My septum is completely ruined. I need a nose hoddle. Uh, yeah, I'd like some spec filler because I <laughs> need to build myself a new septum. Because they can't import any good quality cocaine. I've just been snorting bath salts. So I got um, some lawn. So you might have noticed the lawn outside. I've... Um, uh, I mowed the lawn wow. since last time you were here. I didn't notice. And the the grass was really long, which meant that all the grass underneath has died because it wasn't getting enough sunlight. So I've trimmed the tree and uh, like it's one of those trees that like grows, like it has incredibly large branches. So I've, I trimmed all the lower branches so there'd be sun on the lawn. Yeah. And then I've shaped the upper branches in like a pleasant to the eye shape so they look like they've been manicured and then I've just left it long growing free on the top. (laughs) I've given it a high and tight and then I've just left it long, much like my own haircut. Yeah, it's short back and sides, long on top. Exactly. Uh, So I gave that to the tree. I can't believe I've been paying someone 50 bucks to do this. This is fucking easy. I'll start cutting my own hair soon. Um, I'm going to uh, regrass the lawn so mm. i was down there and so i got some like some stuff for the soil i got some new seeds for the lawn i got some stuff for the hose i got some bubble and was wrap this stuff that you uh, so you youtubed or you googled this prior to or you've done it before so you this was knowledge that you already had bit of both right so during the no i had to google a bit of how do you regrow grass because like 
clearly that dirt out there isn't growing grass very well and there's not a lot of sun. So I did a few instructions. Imagine you, when you did your search, you had to specifically say, no, I mean grass. <laughs> and real grass. That's the grass I need to grow. Google Chrome was like, no, 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 no. We know. We know. We know. We know. <laughs> no, no, no. Be real. Look at this Cypress Hill video. No, again, not what I'm looking for. Cheech and Chong? No, I'm sorry. Seth Rogen. Getting dug with high. Yeah. No. You've downloaded a lot of Rick and Morty in the last yeah. two weeks. <laughs> so we know what kind of grass you're talking about. Invent a time machine. You're a creepy old man. Get a nephew and a time machine. Um, a grandson and a time machine. Is that grandson. what? Yeah, he's his grandson. Yeah. So um, there were some other random items in there as well. I'm trying to remember what the the random items I got because it was just, oh, you know what I, wanted, I do want to do? I didn't get today, but I do want to do. Is I got a decobweber because we don't have a decobweber. Is that the house. long thing with a? Yep. Yep. So I uh, got one of those. And what I want to get is a compost bin for here. Because oh, yeah. I have fallen in love being on the farm with our two big compost bins. And the other day I was like piling compost onto our garden and uh, onto something I'd also Googled to under the title, How Do I Grow Grass? <laughs> 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 Google's like, you want to go back to that article? No, watch that video, Google. I mean actual grass. And um, But this doesn't have a compost bin. There's no compost bin here. We're not here a lot, so I'm thinking about getting sort of a smaller version. Do you have a compost bin? No. No, I live in an apartment. Yeah. But you could still compost. In the, like those little... But I don't know the, what you do with it. Well, what people who live in apartments normally do is you get... Yeah. The, it's like a little... It's a little compost bin, but it yeah. sort of sits on your, your bench top with one of those biodegradable bags. Is it the spinner one? I haven't seen the spinner one. Yeah, there's one that looks like... Like a, a salad spinner. No, like the, like like something they'd pull lotto balls out of. No, so because it that. turns that fun. right, because <laughs> it turns like that's part of the, the thing. Compost. You've got to turn the compost oh, right so that it keeps. So yeah, you can get one for you. I, I saw. Oh that today. shit! Yeah, yeah and no. You can as a give kid, it a spin. My, because I had a compost as a as a kid. I mean, I saw my dad like cranking it. Yeah, mm. that's right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I saw him cranking the compost, and this is why I'm here at therapy, <laughs> doctor. I saw. My, do, do you mean masturbating? No, 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 no. <laughs> compost. You're like Google Chrome. Google Chrome. I was trying to work out how to grow grass. Oh, I said no, 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 no. Actual grass. <laughs> So you like to get crazy, Essex? <laughs> oh, you like to party? Yeah. No, no. Why, why? You're my psychologist. You shouldn't be asking me if I like to party. Because I've got access to some great drugs. <laughs> what do you want? Gets out his pad. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I think maybe I need another ten sessions of therapy. I'm going to get my GP and uh, get a referral. Yeah, I'm here on my mental health plan. Well, they're talking about that, aren't they? That's the latest push is to kind of decriminalize MDMA and psychosyllabin for therapy. There's an article this week yeah, in the newspaper. For therapy. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever you have to say to get it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like I smoke pot for my hips. Yeah. I mean, it does help, but... Well, I think there is some element to that though, right? Like some kind of... You probably were like self-medicating before because you... Before you were diagnosed, you were sm- you had smoked weed. So, like, there would have been an element of, like, this actually makes me feel better and allows me to sleep. Well, ironically, um, maybe not ironically, but whatever it is, um, I didn't start smoking pot until I'm in my 30s. And I highly recommend it. I highly recommend Kevin Smith has Style, a very yeah. similar attitude, which is, like, get through your formative years, let your brain sort of, you know, come together properly, you know, get some shit done and then use it to chill. 
but don't use it too young because it can sort of, you know, stop you from being motivated to achieve things. Like get to the point where you need to slow down a little bit and introduce it into your life then. But it was also around the time that my hips started hurting really badly. Mm. It wasn't why I started, but it did coincide with... Imagine if I found out that it, it was the other it. way around. <laughs> yeah. My hips hurt only because I was smoking pot. <laughs> the doctor's like, oh, my God, we've been looking at this research upside down. <laughs> just turns the piece of paper around and goes, Mr. Oh. Squiggle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. It's actually not oh. your hips that are the problem. It's your shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> we would never have prescribed marijuana for that. Would have been... The neurofin at most, <laughs> unless you don't have a neurofin addiction. It has stopped me from having uh, pharmaceutical drug addictions. Mm. I will say that. You know, some people might argue that Indiana Jones style, I've just substituted one thing that weighs the same for another thing that weighs the same. But um, I, the access that I could legally have to pretty hardcore drugs. Yeah. And, you know, over the years, Especially when you're living in the States, my yeah. God. But also just even even here in Australia, I know like the level I'm of saying, opioids. Yeah, like but it's one of the few examples where you don't have to say even in the states because the shit you can get here, that that they but will are the levels of you. addiction is high here. I mean, we have a pretty. I, I don't think they prescribe it as easily, readily. Yeah, right. But the addiction is still the same. I just think well, in I think- America you can get it more easily. But I didn't need – that was like when people would say when my back and my hips were both fucked and I couldn't like walk or sleep or whatever. I had somebody say to me, they're like, oh, you must be able to get good drugs. I'm like, I can get good drugs from my pool cleaner. <laughs> like, <laughs> when my hips don't hurt, you know. like, And so it has definitely – I think the major benefit that it's had is that it stopped me from being addicted to prescription drugs. Oh, fuck it. I mean, that shit is – I've got a few people in my life who have a chronic illness who at least uh, – thank God most of them now are either off it or have gone to like lesser amounts. But, you know, just one friend in particular uh, was prescribed OxyContin and basically became like a functioning heroin addict. Yeah. And – uh, you know, she's quite elderly and so didn't really have the awareness. I'd never taken any kind of drugs of any kind. Irene from home and away. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was really like when, you know, we found out what she was taking, we were like, you have to go back to the doctor. This is like completely irresponsible that they're, you know, she needed pain relief for sure. But, you know, the, the doses she was getting were like, for someone who hadn't taken drugs before and she was, on the nod all the time. Like it was like hanging out with a junkie. I mean, now is a lot better because they've changed the medication and, and taken it down. But it really, for, it, for me, was just like, my mum was one of those like tough old women who didn't even take Panadol. She didn't believe in drugs, you know? Yeah. And then when her cancer was getting more and more advanced, she was like rubbing her hands together. She was like, well, like I've resisted, but now I want all the drugs. Like the stronger, the better. But she didn't actually get to. She didn't get to that point. She got to right to the towards the very end, and then by that stage, you know, once it's once you know your body starts breaking down, it starts breaking down. But she, she was, she didn't. She felt like she got. Her initial thought was, I don't want any pain. I want to just like you know go off go off in a cloud. But then she got to that very end stage, and she's like, oh, you know what? I said no thus far. Let me see if I can make it right to the end. I mean, there was a point where, you know, she went into a coma or whatever and just 
they they medicated without because they gave consent. her one Panadol. <laughs> she was like, "Oh my god." Her body shut down. Well, I said to her, like, I said, if you want me to get you some weed or something yeah. like that, I can sort that out for you. And she's like, oh. I think I know a guy. I can Google the news. Yeah. <laughs> he got his YouTube. Had to grow grass. Well, we used to have these, when I, this is like, you know, 20 years ago when mum and I lived together in her house, in her apartment. But we had these neighbors who were these young guys who would smoke weed all the time. And mum used to be really like, not, um, freaked out by it but they were so stoned all the time yeah. like the, you, the kind of when like it would be the thing where you come home with your groceries and you'd look across the neighbor and he's standing at the door trying to get his key <laughs> like in the door and that's that was like her impression of what weed does and it's like well it can when you smoke six bongs you know every hour but you can take different amounts to kind of but she i think by that stage she she hadn't smoked a cigarette in 30 years and she was like, oh, I don't know, I want to take anything into my lungs like that. And I was like, well, I can, you know, bake you some edibles or something like that, but yeah. no. Get you some oil. Oil. What else do you need, bum? <laughs> Gummy bears. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is get your parents high. <laughs> I definitely am I'm going to take all the drugs when I'm older. But I, the, part of the reason that I don't take the... Because I am one of those people who's like, you know, I mean, what I guess it's I'm a high functioning drug addict, right? Mm. Like, you know, because like, I guess that I probably do medicate to it the degree that like if you wrote it down on a piece of paper, your doctor might go, hmm, that might be a bit, bit too much. But I'm one of those people who luckily, you know, it seems to be reasonably productive for me. Or maybe I've just chosen things that you can do like it's not like i'm trying to fly a plane or like operate heavy machinery i'm like what can i do when i'm stoned a podcast <laughs> what if i had four podcasts <laughs> so um there's that yeah but i'm not the same if i have to take because i have heavy duty pain meds on like here right yeah. now so if i was in really severe pain i have something that i can go to and then Trying to operate the next morning for me is impossible. So mm. I wouldn't have been able to keep functioning, at least in a professional sense, like if I it's funny, had I, been medicating in that way. I listened to um, Joe Rogan's first Spotify um, uh, episode that he did, and he had Dun Duncan Trussell. Do you know Duncan? Did you ever do shows with him? I have uh, met him, but not. I don't know him. No. I think he's hilarious. He's, he's so funny. And they were telling a story. Would you like to have a beer with Duncan? I would love to have a beer with yeah. Duncan. <laughs> I think beer is probably a bit light on for Duncan's particular interest. But they were talking about how um, Joe did this show. It was like Joe Rogan Questions Everything, which was a show where he went out, and I think Duncan came with him on some shows, where they'd, you know, Bigfoot UFOs, and they'd go out and investigate all these kind of things. And they were saying that, like, every when they were flying around to go to all these, like, you know, to do all these, like, episodes... They would generally get to the airport, well, take an edible on the way to the airport, jump on a plane and then go to do this thing. And they were like, it was the perfect job for taking edibles because going to an airport, everything's completely out of your control anyway. You just sort of have to get shunted around. And so it becomes quite a fun adventure. <laughs> you take an edible where everything becomes kind of like, well, you sort of let go of control anyway and just get shunted around. And then you would arrive on set and talk to some lunatic who's talking about, you know, having spotted Bigfoot or whatever. And you're like, my God. Like, they network apparently got angry with them because they have a whole bunch of shows, which is like ghost hunters and ghost investigators. But 
they were saying when they, you know, got on set, and these people are like, well, this person's clearly like insane or, or lying or whatever. And because that had the edible, you just got this like honesty and awareness about, so you're not trying to humor them or roll along with it. You're just like, what's going on, man? <laughs> like, you cool? why are you making this shit up? Why are you so lonely? Why are you talking about invisible wolves that come out of the woods Who and stuff? Who are your friends? And Who what do they you? say about yeah, this? Give me a hug. Yeah. Come and give me a hug. It's cool, man. <laughs> You're cool. It's okay. You're allowed to believe what you want to believe, but this you can't. You see, this is hurting you. But you could see that that is a particular job where that particular drug would make you better suited to the job. Like they didn't have to drive anywhere, or operate heavy machinery. They just get flown somewhere and put in front of a camera, talking to someone about completely insane concepts. But I would love that. Why don't we try that with the pandemic? Okay. Like so, for example, you've got all these. Like, you know, politicians who sometimes are having to do daily briefings to the media and come up with new ideas and new angles. No, I know who you're talking about. Bloody dictator Dan. Bloody dictator Dan. But anyone who's in that situation, right? Like, you have these leaders who are obviously working as hard as they possibly can to rebuild the society. None of them... It's not advantageous for any of them for society to be shut down, for people not be able to go to their work, for people to be sick and dying. So they all might have different opinions about how you address that, but they're all, let's be honest, like there's no maliciousness, there's no advantage to everybody being shut down for these people who are in leadership positions. So what about... If I what my original idea was that I was going to get Daniel Andrews or similar leaders yeah. to take drugs just one night. Here's what we tried yesterday during a press conference. We all took DMT. Yeah, like we've just been trying everything else, and just we trying thought, to you like, know look at things from a different perspective. different perspective. So me and the chief medical officer, <laughs> well, because he can get the good shit, <laughs> went, 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 went on an ayahuasca, <laughs> went into a tent with a guru, and we went on an ayahuasca trip. But now. I'm actually going to broaden it out. What if he said, like, you know, purge style. Oh, here we go. He named the idea of going, we've got to do two more weeks of shutdown. Mm. But for these two weeks, weed is legal. So, you know, you'll be able to like, like you can get, you know, uh, food delivered to your house or you can do a like contactless drive through to a, we are just going to allow for two weeks if you would like to smoke some weed in these two weeks, you can just stay at home. You'll want to anyway. Smoke some weed, stay at home. That's what we're going to let you do for two weeks to stay inside your house. Would that soften the message? I don't know. I think it would I think it would play straight into the hands of the people who are framing him as some kind okay. of lefty pinko. Well, let's communist. say it's someone on the opposite side. Okay. It's, it's Scott Morrison, yep. yeah, a conservative prime minister. But he yeah. says, we've looked at the situation well, in Is Australia. it just weed or is it everything? Okay. We've got to go into six more weeks locked down. Yeah. First week, weed's legal. Okay. <laughs> Second week. Class A. Class A drug. Yeah, okay. So it's all stage four. Uh, that, so they sim- they actually have a little chart where yeah. depending on what stage of shutdown you are, the class it's what of class of drugs you're that are suddenly... Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Every two weeks. It's commensurate. Yeah. So in lockdown stage two, weed's legal. CBA stage- and CBD. <laughs> Just as an experiment. And then MDMA. <laughs> DMT. Scott, slow down. We're getting very confused. <laughs> A-E-I-U. You're just saying. Did you take ayahuasca before the press conference? 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll level with you. I have. I have. <laughs> and I'm realizing that that fucking church group I belong to is a bunch of nonsense. It's bullshit. It's all bullshit. Seems like that's an edible on the way over here. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I think like like it's got fancy rock music, but it's really just the same religion dressed up in modern day clothing. It's all fucking bullshit. Yes, I shat my pants. At I want to be honest. I'm sick of all the speculation that happened. All right. And you know what? I just shut my pants now. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I'm sitting in my own shit and I'm fine with it. So why do you have a problem with it? <laughs> I'd vote for him. <laughs> I would vote for him. I, my ears would perk up. Yeah. I'd, I'd be interested. Yeah, your ears would perk up and your nostrils would probably sting for a bit. Okay. Okay. Put it this way then. He's a hypothetical for you um scott morrison or tony abbott you know like a, let's go with a really extreme example right yeah donald trump yeah. donald trump tony abbott trump yeah knows that he's going to lose the election so he says my policy is that if i get elected all drugs will be legalized does that mean that he wins the election or does that mean he loses the election and supplementary question so to use the Australian example, if Scott Morrison said that, but the Labor Party or the whatever, the left were like, no, 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 that's not a good idea. Do you stick to what the rest of your principles would be? Or do you, are you a one-issue voter? Like, are you like, you know what? It'll be terrible that these people are in charge for a lot of people, but I won't know because I'll be off my fucking nut. I, uh, I don't think all drugs should be readily available and accessible. I think it should be like a sliding scale. Mm. I think uh, decriminalize, sure. Right. And then I think make uh, your class C or whatever ones more readily available with regulation, all that kind of stuff. I don't think it should just be open slather and let's get smack and, and But Scott ice Morrison's like, no, of- no, no, no. I've been talking be to the IPA. Let's let the market decide. <laughs> we are just we believe in the free market. We're the party of the free market. In fact, the you know what? The fact that drugs are illegal in the first place is against the very principles of neoliberalism in which we believe, which yeah. is that everything should be available and then consenting adults should be able to make their own decisions about what it is that they like and they do not like. And so we're going to legalize everything, open slather. Is that a policy you get behind, or are you somebody who's like? I think no, I suddenly would find much. myself becoming very conservative around that. <laughs> I like the fact that it's such an a, a, like an about face. I'd be like, what is motivating this? I'm immediately suspicious. But I think that I'd have to see the roadmap. He's honest. Well, what's the? <laughs> he's honest about it. He goes, to be honest, I just want to win votes. I'm going to lose the election, and we think like we believe. Firstly, in the principle of the free market, like we actually do. Well, how did it happen and- in Portugal when they decriminalized? Because it's not legal in Portugal, but it's decriminalized. And when I was over there and spoke to a few people, they were saying that 10 years ago, like they had a huge problems yep. with heroin and ice. And then when it and became- opioids, I believe, as well. Yeah. Yep. And then it became decriminalized and it cleaned everything right up. And they've actually seen uses amongst teenagers and all right. this kind of stuff drop. But he said it's not, you know, it's not like you can go up to a policeman on the street and blow like joint smoke in their face or anything like that. It's still contraband, but it's just not policed. It's a more of a what do you call it? Like a health uh, uh, yeah, referred they, to. They, a, they treat it as a health issue. A health issue. Yep. Yeah. So I'm in favour of that. 
because <laughs> I think it's less of a I don't know especially if it's Donald Trump if Donald Trump is declaring all drugs illegal yeah. that's he hasn't thought it through like that sounds like it would be a disaster even if he came out and said healthcare is free universal basic income and healthcare is free I'd be like great coming out from anyone but you yeah. I think that you what do you actually mean what do you mean what's the what's, what's the, the scam <laughs> exactly he's a con man um all right, so, okay, let's make it more realistic. Scott Morrison says, we are going to decriminalise all drugs. They won't be policed. They won't be available at the chemists. You're still going to have to, like, you know, get them. But we're not going to raid meth houses and we're not going to bust somebody for, you know, having weed or, like, you know, having some coke on them on a night out or whatever. Does that make our society better or worse because there are some of those drugs like this is where it gets into the weeds right mm. because i'd like to make a list like i would you know would love to be able to go through and go yeah you can smoke weed but you can't smoke weed until you're 30 coke some people i'd let have coke <laughs> boring people boring people might be good for you but people who are already interesting it's going to make you unbearable yeah no <laughs> Like, I would literally have a whole bunch of rules for, like, each of the drugs. And, again, I guess that goes against the idea of decriminalising it in the first place. Like, so... Well, no, not really, because you're decriminalising, but you're still regulating, right? It's just that our regulations are based on... Like, you have to get a a psychological background check to be told what you're allowed to take. So if you're prone to kind of like schizophrenia or anything like that, then maybe weed is not a good option. You know, uh, I mean, I think ice is, I can't see where is ice a, a good addition to anyone. If you're a long haul truck driver, you got to get those miles in. (laughs) Um, I agree that, I think that ice use would go down considerably, by the way, if they decriminalise drugs, because if better drugs were available than ice, why would the fuck would you take ice? Like, I think a lot of the reason that people take ice is ice is incredibly cheap and readily available. And it does the job of a few drugs. And, you know, so people take ice and it's incredibly highly addictive. So maybe like alcohol, let's put it in the realm of, it has the same regulations that alcohol has. It comes with warnings. Age you're not limits. allowed to do age limits. You're not allowed to do it when you drive, and you know these sort of things. You know, there's limits to how much you can do, and probably for most of it, it's like reasonably limited, right? It's not like you're like you can you can have quarter of a pill and drive to the shops. <laughs> you can have one sip of mushroom tea and go to Bunnings, but two sips, no. We well, can. Take some mushroom tea and go to Bunnings, but chances are you'll never leave Bunnings. You'll get lost in the aisles. We need to warn you. Staring at the That's on the mushrooms. We warn you, you may think you live at Bunnings. (laughs) Uh, You said we had a letter. Yeah. That we we were going to start with. We normally we're 30 minutes in, so (laughs) that seems like a good place to start. Yeah, we normally uh, finish the mail, but this uh, seemed like an interesting thing that I thought we could talk about. This is from Bronwyn. Uh, The subject is Russell Crowe is a funeral crasher. Hey, Will and Charlie, I don't think I've ever thought of you while catching up on the daily news, but today was different. I was reading an article about a guy who gets paid a flat fee of $10,000 from people who are dying to crash their own funeral when they die and offload all their secrets. The article says that his job has caught the eye of the entertainment industry and he signed a deal for it to be made to a movie or even a drama series. 
And get this. He said his role could be played by either a man or a woman, but someone with the voice of Russell Crowe would be perfect. Can you please read this article below and discuss, one, what this movie or drama series with Russell Crowe playing the funeral crasher would look like, and two, what you would have the funeral crasher do at your funeral. The news article is only short. You can ignore what the psychologist says at the end of the article because they're no fun. Here's the link. P.S. I love the pod. I'm a doctor in psychology. Welcome. And a psychologist, you definitely keep me laughing so I can keep helping my clients as best I can every day. Thanks so much. All right, Bronwyn, let's get to this article. Okay, headline is Coffin Confessor Bill Edgar paid to gatecrash Queensland funerals and speak up for the dead. Uh, This was posted on the ABC website. Bill Edgar has, in his own words, no respect for the living. Instead, his loyalty is to the newly departed clients who hire Mr. Edgar, known as the Coffin Confessor, to carry out their wishes from beyond the grave. The Coffin Confessor. Well, this already sounds like a TV show or a movie. Exactly. Like, I think he's come up with that name with an eye on the fact that it was going to be made into a movie (laughs) at some stage. I don't know that he dubs it. He's known as who... Oh, okay, so, think, Pete, so it's I don't not self-appointed. No, it's not his it business like, name. Like a guy who's come, made up his own nickname at a yeah, new yeah. school. They call me Ace. They call me <laughs> Coffin Confessor. They don't, mate. No, because no, I'm Coffin while I'm <laughs> confessing. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Mr. Edgar runs a business which for $10,000, he is engaged by people knocking on death's door to go to their funerals or gravesides and reveal the secrets they want their loved ones mm. to know. They've got to have a voice and I lend my voice to them, Mr. Edgar said. Mr. Edgar, a Gold Coast private investigator. Yeah. Wow, look at this. <laughs> Could have picked that without even really reading I it. mean, already, like you're already in, like you're a private investigator, you know, maybe not necessarily always the most reputable people in our society. <laughs> and you're a Gold Coast private investigator. So imagine the things you're private investigating on the Gold Coast. And he's just gone, I've got to get a side hustle. <laughs> he said the idea for his graveside hustle came when he was working for a terminally ill man. Yep. We got onto the topic of dying and death, and he said he'd like to do something, Mr. Edgar said. I said, well, I could always crash your funeral for you. And a few weeks later, the man called me up and uh, took me up on his offer, and the business was born. In almost two years, he has crashed 22, crashed in inverted commas, 22 funerals and graveside events, spilling the tightly held secrets of his clients who pay a flat fee of $10,000. For his service. And $20,000 if you don't want him to reveal <laughs> the secrets. Because this is the thing. He's a guy who could already have the secrets. Like, he's a private investigator. Mm. So really, if he wanted a proper side hustle, what he want, really would want to do is go to dying people and go, give me 30 grand and I won't go to your funeral and tell everybody what you've been up to, <laughs> you dirty Stand dog. over. Yeah, but that's a poor business model because I'm dying. I don't give a fuck. Like, go ahead, do it. Some people would care. Some people would care about their memory being desecrated at their funeral and they'd be willing to pay I guess a it depends bit of money. what the secret is. Yeah. I mean, if it's like, you know, I would lick the inside of the yogurt uh, container and put it back in the fridge. I use my flatmate's toothbrush. Like, that yeah. kind of stuff you can let go, yeah. can't you? I know where the Beaumont children are. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that one. Oh, yeah, yeah but that's okay. It's 30 grand. <laughs> yeah. Dressed in tailored pants and a vest, Mr. Edgar said he was very respectful in the way he carried out his job. Is he? He wore a vest. (laughs) I actually blend in with the mourners, he said. I sit with the family and friends. 
I sit in the middle with everybody. I'm sure they'd be, love that. Be, That's a complete fucking a stranger. Who's this guy? <laughs> yeah, this fucking Gold Coast private investigator. No doubt he has yeah. gold jewelry. I'm sure he blends in perfectly. He wouldn't stand out at a funeral at all. I'm sure his fake tan blends in perfectly into his skin. With also, his- the fact that he blends in, he's boasting about, like. It would be even weirder if you didn't blend in. Like yeah. you're rocking up to a funeral in a clown outfit or something, <laughs> just going, I just don't blend in. In the case of his very first client, Mr. Edgar said he was instructed to interrupt the man's best friend while he was delivering the eulogy. Oh, Kanye stuff. I love I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> but this death was the greatest of all time. Uh, I... W- I was to tell the best mate to sit down and shut up, he said. Oh. You know what? I mean, is this something that I could say, like me telling someone to do if you're giving my eulogy? Because <laughs> I think that'd be great. It's Just to a, embarrass it's you. Not about at my you it's not about you, Will. I'm yeah. into my third hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So he knew that he, he, the best mate, had been trying to have an affair with his wife. Okay. No. So this is not so much a secret yeah. as it is like yeah. even in a score. Last minute revenge. Yeah, it's Italy. I also had to ask three mourners to stand up and please leave the service if they didn't and if they didn't I was to escort them out. This sounds like a horrible business. Like I've attended many funerals in my time and I imagine this kind of interruption would upset most people. This guy died so bitter. Do you know what I mean? Like his best mate was trying to fuck his wife and he's just like... You three, get the fuck out. Fucking hated you the whole time. My client didn't want them at his funeral and like he said, it was his funeral and he wants to leave how he wanted to leave, not on somebody else's terms. Well, you're dead. Bitter and telling people to get fucked (laughs) like he lived. Despite the confronting nature of his job, Mr. Edgar said, once you get the crowd on your side... (laughs) On your side. (laughs) You're pretty right. Because the mourners were keen to know what was left unsaid. I imagine... the Look, you go to a funeral of someone you didn't really know that well. It's your partner's great uncle or something. Sure, I'd be there for the entertainment. But... If it was like a family member or something, I imagine I'd be a little upset. What if you're one of those three people that were asked to leave? You're at a funeral and you get like a, a single out and asked to leave. Comes yeah, I'd up. be all right with that. I don't like, I mean, I don't really <laughs> like attending funerals. I wish people did that at weddings. I'm not really a big fan of weddings either. I would be fine with them stopping a wedding and saying, hey, Charlie, get out. I'd be like, awesome. I'm just going to go back to the hotel, take this suit off. Jen, bring me some finger food home. Grab a few of those brownies. I'll see. You. I'll be watching TV. No, don't take any food. That's the <laughs> no, next that's thing. The he- <laughs> when people are knocking on death's door, some of them are alone for six to twelve months before they die, and they yeah. never see anybody. He said, "The worst thing of all is the ones they thought loved them the most become the biggest vultures in their life." Ah, uh, yeah, okay. He said the most confronting job was telling mourners at a bikey's funeral that his client was gay and that his lover was in the audience. Oh. They took offense to it, but there was a number there that already knew, Mr. Edgar said. Yeah, but you've kind of outed the guy who maybe didn't want to be outed. That's the bit that I have trouble with. And if you're the lover. It's a group of vicious bikers (laughs) and just go, like, this is a secret that they had Had to keep from these Vikers and he's like, I'm dead. So anybody, oh, by the way, Larry's a poor. <laughs> I wanted to fuck. I wanted to fuck you one last time. <laughs> Mr. Edgar Man. said his arrogance was what made his job possible. Well, that's always a great prerequisite for any occupation. I think you're right though, and I and now I can see why he thinks Russell Crowe's voice would be the perfect voice for it. 
I've been to a church service since where I I've been to a church service since where I actually had to ask the priest to sit down and be quiet because my client didn't want a religious service. Yeah, he said. Okay. I like that though. If I went to a religious service and then some dude just stood up and said, "No, nah. put a sock in it." Yeah, this is not what he wanted. I'm trying to think if I've ever been to a funeral that had any kind of like, was there any disagreement or argument? No, every funeral I've been to has been pretty. Have you been to like? Have you ever seen an incident at a funeral where people have argued or fought or? I haven't been to many funerals. I will say, um, which I guess is a good thing. Um, I have seen fights at weddings because I used to DJ weddings. Oh, yeah. So like I definitely saw people fight and particularly in the afternoons when like I was setting up and everyone was really fucking stressed about everything coming together. And of course, when you're DJing, you're just like one of the staff. So they just fight in front of you, like without you kind of like acknowledging that you're there. So I saw a lot of fights at weddings, but no, I've never seen a fight at a funeral. When I was 19, a friend of mine's cousin died and we all went to the funeral and one of my other mates had sex with one of his other (laughs) cousins. He picked up at the wake. And had sex. But that's kind of common, right? They talk about that, like grief makes people have sex at funerals. You can pick up at a funeral. Yeah, well, it's about that idea of like you've just seen death. But also I think the idea of like, yeah, implicit in sex, even if this is not the reason that you're having sex, is that it's about the survival of the species in an evolutionary sense. So like you've just seen a life be extinguished. So there's this sort of primal sense of like, you know, I can rectify this by creating new life. Yeah, I think he was just a dog. <laughs> He's a real dog. Also, that just likes women in black. Yeah. It's hot, man. <laughs> he was quite. The priest was quite offended, but at the same time, he understood. Mister Edgar protects himself <laughs> legally by recording his client's confession and also provides them with a disclosure statement. Yeah. Especially if I'm asked to go into a premises the person used to own and get rid of some items they don't want their kids to oh, find. Yep. Good. Oh, yeah, yep. that's, uh, that, yep. Now that's a service. Yeah. That's a service I could understand. Yeah, I just do the... I actually, I just made just, this... Just throw my laptop. Yeah, exactly. That's all I'm no, saying. Just, yeah, throw, if you could just throw my laptop <laughs> into the ocean. That's all I really want, to be honest. Uh, so it could be sexual items. It could be pornography. It could be money, drugs, guns. The instructions are to basically destroy everything. No one says destroy money. The money's going somewhere, right? Would someone anyone to say destroy money? Even if you had your friendless, you wouldn't say destroy money. You would say Why? give it to a chat. Would give it to a charity or something. You might be like, I don't want my bastard grandchildren getting their hands on this fucking money. And the only way that I can guarantee that is that you just burn the money. He would be my question. Would he then burn the money? Fuck no. <laughs> That's like a, that is the greatest scam of all. Yeah, I'll burn the I'll money. Burn it. No you worries. sure I shouldn't give it to charity? No, you should burn it. Oh, yeah, it's just uh, it's going to the shredder now. This <laughs> is paying for his yacht. Mr. Edgar said that while some were dismayed and disappointed by his graveside revelations, many were often well-received. Most people are happy because they've heard from the actual person that they love. Yeah, That's a bit of revisionist history, I think. The unusual nature of Mr. Edgar's job has caught the eye of the entertainment industry. Yes, okay. And he has signed a deal for it to be made to a movie or a drama series. I would have thought a comedy, mm. like a dark comedy, rather than like a drama. I think so as well. Why do you it's think got it's, like a, it's Russell Crowe? You think it's, it's drama? Well, no, because or a drama series. That's what it just said. Right. Like, so whereas I would think... Oh, yeah, right, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe like a, a six feet under style comedy, black comedy yeah, drama series. Dead to me type mm. thing. 
Yeah. He said his role could be played by either a man or a woman, but somebody with the voice of Russell Crowe would be perfect. Mm. Be great if it was a woman with the voice of Russell Crowe. (laughs) That's what I'd really like. When the priests and funeral directors have tried to prevent Mr. Edgar from delivering his secrets, he has not let that stop him from delivering on his contract with the deceased. I say, well, this is the contract I have with my client. If it doesn't go ahead, I take my client with me, he said. What? That means I've arranged previously to have the body <laughs> of my client taken away and cremated or buried at a private ceremony. So he just like weekend at Bernie's drags the fucking body out of the... All that turns up with one of those trolleys and just wheels the coffin out of there. Right, yeah. Because ultimately, Mr. Edgar said his job was to respect his client's wishes. How many funerals have you been to and you've listened to absolute crap, he said. If you hear something at a funeral and you don't like it, stand up and say something. Become your own confessor. What? No, that's terrible. That's That's a different idea. This is a much worse idea. Your thing I can kind of justify. You're... You've got a contract, you've got a recording, this is the last wishes of the person whose funeral it is. But you can't just encourage people to randomly stand, stand up, up at and funerals yell at funerals. I object. <laughs> yeah. Psychologists are... It's weird. They, don't, they have that at weddings, but they don't have that at funerals. <laughs> if anyone here... I don't think they even have that at weddings anymore. Have they taken that out? Yeah, because, I mean, when was the last time someone actually objected? I know, but it's good to have Tradition. the option. <laughs> is it? I mean, why have all that? You spend thousands of dollars. I'd just like to know if anyone objected. I <laughs> no, right. To... It's just to smoke out yeah. who's your real friend. Exactly. We're still going to do it, but yeah, I, I remember hey, that you... You three out. Yeah. <laughs> of my funeral. Yeah. I'm writing this down. We'll be friends for 60 years, yeah. but... Psychologist Shona Innes said enlisting the help of a person like Mr. Edgar was the ultimate avoidance. It's certainly not healthy, she said. I think it's better to resolve these things while you're alive. Ms. Innes Why? Uh, said paying a stranger to drop a bombshell from the grave than leaving grieving family to deal with it could be very dangerous. Grief is complex enough, but something like this can complicate the grieving process for family and friends, she said. How is he taking care of these people? Well, he's not. He's taking That's care of the, the client, the person who died. So this psychologist is saying that even in death, you have responsibility to those you leave behind, which I guess is probably true, but... It's a bit spoil-sporty, isn't it? So going back to Bronwyn's original message, what would the drama movie or drama series with Russell Crowe playing the funeral crasher look like? I think it, I think you'd do it as a movie, right? And I think it's like a... You could do it as a... Start off with Russell Crowe, the character, the private investigator. Yeah. He's got heaps of debts. He'd be a great private investigator. Oh, awesome. Bit noir style. Yeah, like... But like no, I think he's more of that slobby... Like oh, yeah, uh, right, yes. Like Gary Ex-cop Busey, Gary Busey sort of in like, Point Break. Yeah, give right. me, give me two. Utah, get me two. So he's like Hawaiian shirt, slobby. You know, he's always eating on the job, with, looking through binoculars and stuff. But I reckon he's got like gambling debts. Uh, ex-wife is hounding him for alimony. He's down on his luck, and then. But what about what? the character? and then by chance he comes across this terminally ill person you know this is the this is the first 10 pages he comes across a terminally ill person who's like hey you know i will pay you ten thousand dollars if you'll do this at my funeral so that's the inciting incident and so he does it and it goes better than he could ever have imagined to the point where people come up to him after that first funeral and are like Hey, you know, my grandfather has uh, got uh, terminal cancer. For the first time in his life, he's actually done something good. Mm. Like, he's, he's this fuck up of a dude who is like himself is drinking himself and whatever to death. 
and yet he finds life in other people's death. How about this? His most negative characteristic is he's a bull in the china shop. That's why his wife left him. That's why his business isn't going that well because he always mm. says it like it is. Yeah. It's a real flaw. Yeah. But he finds something where that is, is actually his, his strength. Yeah, his great strength. But his journey is he has to learn. He's got maybe not a love interest, but there is someone that he meets along the way mm. where he's bull the China. Like he starts getting really successful with this thing. You do a montage, he's going around, funeral, funeral, funeral. But then he meets someone where the intended outcome is not what he thought. This person gets quite upset. And so he sort of starts a relationship with this person. And then it leads to the end of the second act where he's the biggest payday he's ever going to get by going to her mother's funeral. And the mother wants to confess some stuff. And this person is saying to him, please do not. This will just ruin my family. You can't do it. And so that becomes his dilemma at the end is, will he continue down this path and be selfish or will he make the right decision? And that's his love interest. Mm. I think he falls in love with the like. That's well, that's, that's how you really like. Well, if that's it up. if it's a mainstream Hollywood yeah. thing. If you want to do something that's a bit more interesting, it's always good. I find in a film where, you, like in Mad Max Fury Road, where there's no love interest between Furiosa and Max. They come together because it works for them, and there is they are enemies at the start, but then there is this begrudging admiration, and then at the very end, they're like, "All right, what if he befriends a kid who's dying?" Yes, and he's never had a child. He's that's never had a that's child why he's left own. him. And yeah, he's tortured by the fact that this yeah, kid is obviously dying before he gets to live a life, the life that he himself has wasted. And yeah, I, I like it. Yeah. One heart attack at a time, <laughs> we call it. What was the second part of her question? Uh, what, what, what you would have the funeral crusher do at your funeral? I, was, I don't know. Are there any secrets... I mean, every secret I've had, I've, I've spoken about on this podcast, so I don't know. I mean, my family don't listen to this podcast, so that's all I would instruct him to do. It's like at my Play funeral. Play the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Play an edited highlights. Get podcast Mike to do an edited highlights of all the worst shit you've confessed on this podcast and make them listen to it. Yeah, I don't know if there's, if I have a need to, I, I have no scores to settle. And I don't think I have any secrets that I need to get off my chest. Maybe if I die without the Saints winning a premiership, I get him to serve the club yeah. with a bill for my 20 plus years of membership fees. I guess the one thing I would ask him to do is to maybe go to St Kilda Football Club and ask for a refund on the years of membership. If they don't want to flag in that time, I would want a refund. Go to go into my kid's bank account, a <laughs> trust. And just say, give me my money back. <laughs> You're yeah. negged. You're, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I want a refund. Yeah. I'm dead now. <laughs> I want a refund. Well, you always see those stories about someone who's like, you know, a Saints fan their entire life and they got, you know, buried in red, white and black and stuff. I'm the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you fucking bastards. I gave you my entire life and I didn't get a flag. I want my money back. You ask him. To go and like like a warning in a Game of Thrones style movie for him to take your dead body. It's not about your funeral, but you say, when I die, I want you to steal my dead body and I want you to put my dead body on the goalpost. <laughs> Marabin. Marabin. As a warning. As a warning. <laughs> 
do you have what do you have any secrets that you'd want to confess or any scores to settle? I don't think secrets or scores to settle. I probably have some opinions about life and the world that I imagine as I get older, I will just hopefully if I get live to a ripe old age, I've always fancied myself growing into being very um open with what I think about things. And, you know, just one of those like old guys who just like is happy to like just be a bit of a rat bag. I'd like to be a rat bag old person. Mm. So if I was going to die before I'd been able to, I'm keeping some of my rat baggery up my sleeve for when I'm older. But if suddenly my timeline was accelerated, like if it turned out I was going to die next year, yeah, I'd have some stuff to get off my chest. (laughs) I mean, you could use it for fun rather than settling scores. Like, uh, in one of the hundred Python documentaries I've watched, they show footage from Graham Chapman's funeral and John Cleese gave the eulogy. And it's a very, very funny eulogy where he just makes fun of Graham Chapman the whole time. And I'm like, well, that is something. Cause I think that, you know, rather than have people be sad, if you could get people laughing at the funeral and even in death, I'd be very happy for people to roast me upon my death. I think Figur- that- figuratively and literally. Yeah, both. Yes. Yeah. As I roast in the background. <laughs> just slowly and like turning a rotisserie on a chicken. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like a kebab shop. <laughs> exactly. They're just slicing flanks off you. I want to in- be hoisted on a, one of those kebab things <laughs> in the background while people get up and roast me. But that's the perfect scenario for me because I don't want to be roasted while I'm alive. Yeah. But I would like that to be people's memory of me. Like the idea that everyone got up at my funeral and made fun of me would be a lovely memory for me to have, particularly because I wouldn't have to sit through what they really thought. Like the fact (laughs) that I was dead would also add to my enjoyment of that moment. Well, I am planning, we've talked about this before with the CGI to put, um, just grab some clips of you from all your TV appearances and CGI some dicks into your hand. You're so confident that I'm going to die before you. (laughs) Like it disturbs me how much you've locked that I'm going to make it happen. You have a series of plans. (laughs) I've got a Gold Coast private investigator. (laughs) I fucking die before you die. Who for 10 grand can make it happen. Yeah, if I if I have to if you die before me and I speak at your funeral, I'm just gonna blame those fucking pancakes. <laughs> I'm gonna say the doctors have said to me, no one checks it out. Uh we have some more mail. Okay, let's do it. This is from Patrick. He says, uh, it just makes my day listening to the two of you while I'm working away with headphones in. I'm at episode eighty five. It's the eighth of June twenty fourteen. I feel like a real time traveler. I have not gone ahead. So amusing when you talk about the technology of the day and what might be. So if you could go back to the 8th of June, 2014 and and speak to a person who's getting into the podcast, is there anything you want to let them know? They get much better in about 15 episodes. (laughs) This guy called Mike Howell is going to come on board. It's going to sound heaps better. It is almost... You know, like, Tofop's like one of those TV series where you recommend it to people, you tell them to skip the first season. Yeah. And or just endure the first season. Just get your feet, get your grounding in the first season. I'm very Look big on go back and watch the first season, but once you like the show. Right. So Shit's Creek is a, a show like that. Like, it takes a little while to get going, but it's a really, really great show once you get into it. I'd almost recommend to people, you can kind of watch season two onwards and then about season three season four yeah. when you've watched a couple go back and watch season one it's true and there's other podcasts that i've listened to where i've come in late 
going, oh, I like this. And then it becomes fun to then go back and hear the evolution. That's what we'd be like with our podcast. football podcast. If somebody's listening to the new episodes, we'd be like, you know, they actually used to talk about football <laughs> in the early episodes. Uh, speaking of great TV shows. Oh, there's a decent thunderstorm yeah, a outside. storm rolling in. Um, have you seen any of the Harley Quinn animated series? Uh, I saw that you posted about it. Does that count? It's fucking great. And you, I think, would love it because your big thing is always like, I like the expanded universe. What's going on with the, you know, the, just the ordinary people? It's that. It's, it's ostensibly a comedy, but it's of all the kind of fringe characters of the DC universe. And what's great about it is they don't actually, it's not like they just say, hey, let's turn everyone into a buffoon. All the characters are true to their kind of comic book origins. But the genre is comedy. It's fucking, the writing is so great. It is so funny. Um, you would love it. I think you would, you would really, really like it. Do you know what I love? And I watched it, again, like I reckon for about the fourth time in the last, and I've spoken about it on the show before, but like literally last night, Justin was over and uh, I watched the entire second series of What We Do in the Shadows, the American one with Justin. And that is now my show that like, it's like, it's got to be the fourth time that I've watched that second series. Really? And each time I've watched it with somebody. So as in like the first time Amy and I watched it, but then each time it's been like, here's someone who hasn't seen it. I'm going to sit down and watch it with so you. And is, it, th- is there only a US remake or is there, cause I know there's Wellington paranormal. So, so this is, there's a, what we do in the shadows universe, yeah, right? right? So there's the movie, yeah. obviously that Tyka and Jermaine made. And then there is Wellington paranormal, which is the spinoff. Of, right. um, because, but what I love about Wellington, Wellington paranormal is those two cop characters who are the central kind of, because it's like an X-Files-y sort of like, you know, vibe. But those two cop characters are in what we do in the shadows. In, but like for oh, the, the movie, movie right, the yeah. New Zealand movie, but for like a scene, a few lines. That's your expanded universe that you right? love. Perfect. And so there's two series of that. And then there's an American series, television series, two seasons of it so far. Like of these just American vampires, kind of similar vibe to the New Zealand one, but no sort of direct connection necessarily. Although later on in the show, characters and performers. Is the from humor the, the same? Because Kiwi humor is very specific. Like you know what it is? It's the same, but the American version of that. that so kind of- they've done a really good job. Instead of what the Americans fucked up with Kath and Kim, whereas they tried to remake kind of an American version of the Australian show, which just was a terrible idea. Like that humor in Kath and Kim is so inherently Australian. So I think maybe because Jermaine did both, like he's recreated a similar universe, but using like the context and world of it being in America. And I so guess like, Flight of the Concords sort of did that in a yeah. way, even though the two leads were Kiwis, predominantly American cast, and right. that managed to keep that very specific tone and style of humour. So yeah. it would make sense that they could do it with... It's an, incredible. Entirely American. Well, yeah. I Is, mean... Uh, George, um, what's his name in it? Um, Reese Darby? No. No. All right. And... Like, Tyka and Jermaine are in it, eventually. As their characters from the movie? Well, no, not really, I don't think. Right. And, but they're both in it. There's a, 
again, like this, I mean, this doesn't really spoil anything and I don't want to spoil too much because some of it's just fun. But about episode seven of the first series, there's like a meeting of the Council of Vampires because <laughs> something has happened. And it opens really funny because Tilda, Swin- Swin- Tilda Swinton. Swinton is the like head vampire in this like Council of Vampires. And you're like, oh, that's really funny. Jermaine's there and uh, Tyker's there and uh, the other dude from the New Zealand one whose name I, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, and, and, you know, Tilda. And you're like, oh, this is fucking funny. And then suddenly they go around the room and it's like... Um, uh, Captain Marvel, what's her name? Evan, no, not Captain Brie. Marvel, no, um, not oh. Brie Larson, uh, the one from Westworld, Evan uh, uh, Rachel, Rachel Woods, Wood. who played a vampire, right? And then it's the dude from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Paul Rubens, oh, as yeah. a vampire, yeah, yeah. And then they start going around the room, oh, like famous, and they're all famous oh, that's people great. who've played <laughs> vampires in other things. No Tom Cruise, I imagine. Make a joke about that. Okay. Tom and Ben weren't available. <laughs> uh, Tom and uh, Brad, uh, Brad not available. <laughs> There's another one that they reference as well that's really fucking funny. And oh, uh, Rob Patterson. He <laughs> Rob Rob couldn't make it. Yeah. Um, but then the funniest thing is they get Wesley Snipes on Skype and then they start arguing about whether he should be like be Is it actually be, Wesley Snipes? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That's so great. On this like thing that's going in and out and he can't quite follow uh, and they're getting really mad. It's that's awesome. such a clever and funny show. And there's this character called Colin Robertson who, who lives with them who's a, an emotional vampire. <laughs> and so and like it's one of those things that in the first episode you're like oh well this is like a one, one joke a one joke yeah and the genius of this show is by i think the best episode of all of it is in season two about episode five there's basically an entire a story that is all about colin robinson and it's like it is exquisite television like you just oh, go check I, it out. yeah it's such a good show I, I love the movie but again one of those things that if you love the movie I recommend watching a couple of episodes just to get the rhythm of it because yeah. I think you will get thrown a bit like oh this isn't it's not the same it's not quite the same but then once you're kind of like oh no it's its own universe it's such a good show this is from uh, Matt elongated muskrat is the subject good. Greetings, Tofop. First time making contact. I've been a listener from the start. I've been a fan of Will's comedy for years, so I jumped on board when this new media came about. I was in very brief contact with you both over Twitter during the early days. Charlie responded to my tweet about Smodcast only existing to get me through the gaps between Tofops. And Will got my hashtag shark band names tag trending one Friday night about eight years ago. Does any of that ring familiar to you well i mean none of it sounds like it's untrue hashtag shark band names Mm -hmm. Um, sounds like a dumb riff we went on probably (laughs) uh philosophy and tofop have been helping me get through victorian lockdown so i became a patron too fucking good on you thank you and if you want to be a patron the best way to do that is go to patreon uh (laughs) patreon.com slash tofop uh, you can join for any amount from a dollar to up to whatever you can afford. I know there's so much of, good stuff there. There's heaps of bonus stuff up there, but the best thing is we get money <laughs> and we need money to make this show happen. So, uh, if I was, uh, so with philosophy, we obviously have a Patreon for philosophy and, um, one of the things that had been suggested was like transcripts of episodes. And so, um, I was trying this AI program, you know, that you can just load the episode into and it'll give you a transcript. And it's not 
perfect by any means. It gets a lot of words wrong, but it's particularly bad with names. <laughs> and my favorite was, uh, and I sent this to her today just because I thought she would enjoy it, um, was uh, Celia Pacola <laughs> came out as Silly Bacula. <laughs> Like she was Scott Bakula's sister, Silly. Silly Bakula. Silly oh, Bakula. Silly Bakula. When he fucked up his lines on Quantum Leap, they'd be like, I'm oh, such a silly, silly Bakula. Bakula. <laughs> uh, your discussions about Mr. Elongated Muskrat was the catalyst for me to get in contact. These names expansions cracked me up and I wanted to add a couple of my favourites. Okay, so Cardi B. What do you think that could be expanded to? Uh, cardio... Cardi- cardio... Uh, uh, burpees <laughs> cardiovascular bronchitis oh okay that's much better I mean clearly from that latest song uh, wet ass pussy she's got other medical issues to deal with first but well bronchi- bronchitis does give you uh, wet lungs oh, right. so maybe oh, too much fluid <laughs> maybe that's the cause of the <laughs> WAP uh, T-Pain uh, Thomas Pain Relief Tylenol pain relief. Oh, you're quite good at this game. (laughs) Anyway, thanks to the last fellas, Matt. Um, Thanks, Matt, for writing in. That's all the mail we have for today. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. We could go to some Patreon mail. Yeah, let's do it. If you want to do it. Yeah, why not? Give me one sec. I'll open this up. We're going to do a little special. Normally, we save this for our bonus podcast, which is one of the great bonus things you get on Patreon.com is every couple of weeks, we do a special uh, exclusive podcast where we just answer your mail. But we're going to answer some mail, some Patreon mail on this podcast. But we're still going to give away some fridge magnets, Will, yes, to the okay. best letter. All right. Uh, well, we could probably mention that there's like the reason that you actually came over tonight and we decided to record this episode is that there is some, I found when I was cleaning out my house, some old signed posters from some live shows that we've done. So we're going to throw them into the mix as prizes. So join up on the Patreon uh, and you could actually, if you send us a letter and it's a good letter, you could actually... Oh, no, no, I don't think it's a prize. I think what we'll do is because yeah. at the moment... Our, what are we going to do? Our, Put it at a level. Yeah, our $20, so, yes. our $20 reward at the moment is the uh, book of TOEFOP 100, the transcript from TOEFOP 100. Yeah. But we're running low on those and we do need a replacement. So I think... I mean, we should be running low. We're at episode fucking 308 <laughs> or something, so... You'd think we'd well, finally running run out of the episode 100. <laughs> no, it's because it takes us six months to get to yeah. the mail, so it takes me a year to actually send out the prizes. But we're running on that, so I think we'll make that the new $20 right. reward is an autographed poster. Big one of James Fosdyke's masterpieces. from, And these uh, ones are from live shows that live we did, shows. signed by Charlie and I. Uh, this is from Oren. I'm sure everything. I'm sure everything screamed this at you. I think it means everyone. But just in case, things like bicycle pedals on one side are reverse thread. Or oh, okay, this is when we couldn't work out how to tighten the mic stand. <laughs> I'm sure everyone screamed this at you. But just in case, things like bicycle pedals on one side are reverse thread. Or when you pedal and they spin, they would spin off. Probably the same on your mic stands. Or you're looking at it from the wrong end and are just thinking standard thread is reverse. Just look from the other side. Also, in things like welding, the combustible is a reverse thread and the oxidizer is normal thread, so you don't mix them up and cause a giant explosion. Cheers. Okay. Oren really had to get that off his chest. Oren sounds a lot like many of the videos that I Google on how to be a man. Um, okay. This is from Michael. Uh, okay. So Michael wrote in earlier. Um, we already we got to his mail before. We, the Gal Gadot pronunciation. It's oh, yeah. Gal Gadot. We were saying it's Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Is that right? 
Yes, it's Gal Gadot. And so he followed up. Hey, Will and Charlie. Uh, from the little I know of Israeli popular culture, Gal Gadot is regarded as an ambassador for Israel in Hollywood and is very well liked and admired. She was pretty well known in Israel for years before she broke out in Hollywood as Miss Israel and a model. Her fame here grew when she started to appear in American movies. Today, she's probably most well known. In, uh, she's probably the most well known Israeli in the arts. This is, of course, accompanied by a bit of provincialism, where every little bit of gossip about her is reported. The only thing I can say for sure is that I have a few friends who would never have seen Wonder Woman if she wasn't in it. I tried to compare her Hebrew Wikipedia page to her English one to tell you something you couldn't find out yourself, but there's not much of a difference. I hope this answers some of your questions. Uh, sure, questions I didn't even know we had <laughs> about Gal Gadot. Kathy wrote to us, um, regarding The Rock... And what might be... Oh, did you see... Oh, yeah. The news? Yeah. The Rock's got COVID. If The Rock can get it, we can all get it. That's honestly what I thought. I was like, how can we protect ourselves from this insidious disease if even the fucking Rock and his family can get COVID? And Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Batman. Mm-hmm. Started with bats, ended with bats. Bats. Imagine if a bat killed a bat. Well, I think is this Imagine is... if Batman was killed by an actual bat. <laughs> the irony. <laughs> that is the thing, though, about the situation in the States that I think will actually maybe make them take notice is when they start losing their A-listers. <laughs> they can't make movies. So you're saying if Tom Hanks had died when he first got it, maybe we would have taken, taken it more seriously. seriously. <laughs> uh, regarding The Rock and what he might be qualified to do, it's not too far a stretch in American politics anyway. For a pro wrestler to turn to public service, just look up Jesse Ventura yep. from Minnesota. No, no. We know Jesse Ventura. Not to see yeah. I'll, I Jesse Ventura I would vote for now. He's great. He's fucking leading the Greens or something mm. over there now. Jesse, the political body Ventura. He's awesome. Um, Aaron says, Hi, Will and Charlie. I've been a long-time TOEFOP listener, and I've listened to all episodes of TOEFOP, Two Guys, One Cup, Dad Pod, and the podcast that doesn't rhyme with Bats Clawson. I recently saw Will at the Adelaide Fringe. Doesn't that feel like a lifetime ago? My last shows. And I also was the guy that sent Will the video on Twitter of the two older ladies clamping their hands over the ears at that dreadfully loud hip-hop Will likes, likes to make an entrance to. Oh, uh, yeah. That, I do remember that. Just wanted to say how much I've enjoyed giving you guys money. Sorry, I've enjoyed your content across the years. We've enjoyed you giving us money. Let me be the first to say that. And I, I, will, say, I will say in Adelaide, in defense of those old ladies who clasp their hands over their ears, um, uh, the techie that I have in Adelaide, who I've worked with many times and is an absolute you know, legend of a dude, um, he does play the music, the intro music, incredibly loud. Even <laughs> I am out the back in the tent going, I can hear that pretty loud out here. That must be pretty loud in the tent. Uh, would Will ever consider doing a philosophy not as the host, but as the guest? No. Okay. <laughs> I found the Judith Lucy part two podcast really, really good. And I liked hearing from Will's side of things. Anyway, thanks for the laughs. If you wanted to send me a sticker pack with cheap postage, this is my address below. All right, Aaron, you know I what? don't mind it. We're going to send you some magnets. I'm feeling generous. So I, I will say this, that um, I'm glad to get some letters from people who enjoy when I insert myself into the podcast to balance out the people who don't. Oh, really? You get people uh, saying... No, not really that many, but, you know, in the great way I have of looking at the world, one example is something that I focus on, <laughs> you know, on the and assume there's like a thousand more. Hey, guys. Oh, this is from Michelle. Hey, guys. I've been listening for a while. Long-time fan of Will, as I may... What a good 
heat for me in these letters yeah, today. A lot of, lot of long-time fans. Fans of mine. I've been listening. Long-time to- fan of Charlie. <laughs> long-time <laughs> fan. Love of- Blue Healers <laughs> and found myself here. <laughs> long-time fan of Will, as I may have collected things to do with him when I was a teenager. Okay. As I heard another person collected Sunday roast clippings, I have found a kindred spirit. Ah, she collected articles. Your bloody the columns that you'd fucking think up on the day in your That's office. Unfair <laughs> that they were on the day. They were yes, mostly written in one day, but they weren't always thought up on the day. <laughs> they were just mostly written in one day because I was busy. Um, I, I, I'm amazed at how many people collected those things. I find that incredibly charming to look back on like there was i've heard that story i mean maybe only like 10 times in my Where entire are you putting life them in like a scrapbook or like a shoe yeah like an a4 sort of like well what i've seen like when people have shown me like you know one of those sort oh, of like display, it, uh, folders no no yeah. more like the sort of thing that you would use at, at school like you know one of those lined sort of oh, like, like an a4 exercise style book. exercise <laughs> book and then they would stick them in the exercise oh, book like homework yeah Anyway, I just wanted to say I'm sad because of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival cancellation. I finally had tickets to see Will. We live rural, so it's not easy to get to gigs oh. and the like. Well, the good news is that those shows have been rescheduled. Oh, and also cancelled again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I thought I would instead spend the money to buy some Redbubble merch and thought that it might be a good way other people who are sad can also support. No. I'm also an EEN, it's a nurse, who works in aged care and may on occasion listen to Tofop on night duty. Keep up the good work, shall you? Keep up the good work, especially if you work in aged yeah, care. Absolutely. Challenge uh, that is at the moment. Thanks, Michelle. You didn't leave your address, so we can't send you a magnet. This is from, well, it's a, I guess it's a business. Anyway, I won't, I won't say the name in case it's, I'll just read the letter. Hope you guys are as well as can be expected. Much like Charlie and the Saints, I am continuing my membership. Also, the government gave me some extra cash and I get well more than my monetary contribution from you. So I just thought I'd say thanks during this time. Okay. Okay. Thank That's you. That's from Strange and Stranger Entertainment. Um, what, is, what is Strange and Stranger Entertainment? Should I Google it? Yeah, Google it. Find out. So it's called Strange and, and Stranger, Stranger Entertainment. Entertainment. Okay. But what Do you want to just speculate on what that might be? Is it some kind of burlesque? Um, I'm gonna say it's like magic and burlesque. All right, okay. I'm gonna. I don't know what uh, circus. I guess they're similar sort of things, aren't they? Strange and stranger, or strange and strange construction came up. Strange and stranger entertainment. Entertainment. I don't know if I go with a construction company <laughs> called Strange and Stranger, the world of Steve Dilko. Um, Stranger Stranger Entertainment. Okay, here we go. Uh, strange World, Stranger People, Strange World, Stranger. Pe- no, nope. no, not getting anything. Stranger in a Strange Land. Well, it's land. appropriate that something called Strange and Stranger would not be listed. St- a stranger strange. in a strange drug induced land. <laughs> uh, this is from Christopher. Hi, Will and Charlie from Boring Luxembourg. This is sent on April 6th. I've been listening to your podcast since it started, but admittedly have only recently become a Patreon member. Thank you. I'm a huge fan of you both. There we go. Finally, a little bit of equality. Luxembourg in the house. (laughs) And and I love your view on the world. I recently even flew back from Luxembourg to Sydney to watch Will's What You're Talking About. 
bloody clever and entertaining. Defo worth the trip. Mm. I'm assuming this is an expat because he used defo. And I appreciate that somebody would fly from Luxembourg to see a show that I made up on the spot. <laughs> Much like your columns. Look at, the, people... <laughs> look at the old world that we used to live in Fucking where people hell. could fly internationally. Oh, man. I have two questions. Mm. And this first one. Okay. How do you see the coronavirus changing our way of life going mm, forward? Not well, not good. It goes without saying that the working from home culture will start to become the new norm for some industries, but do you think it will change the entertainment industry, <laughs> travel industry? I'd be interested to hear your views on this. Yeah. Uh, yes. When was this sent? April 6th. Yeah, okay. I can see into the future. <laughs> and I'm going to say yes. The Rock fucking gets COVID. That's, yeah. uh, Here's my prediction. Yeah. On April 7th, <laughs> The Rock will get COVID. Does Will remember his first stand-up gig and also his routine? If so, any chance he could remember the subjects covered and if it was any good? Anyway, huge fans of yours. Keep being you, Chris. Uh, I remember my first gig. Uh, it was the SB Hotel in St Kilda. Sunday afternoon comedy they used to run at the SB Hotel. Steve Bedwell was the host. Um, I did five minutes of material. I can't remember all of it, but I do remember that I had a routine about being on the dole, uh, which you know, has suddenly become topical again. <laughs> By the way, did I mention the state of the entertainment industry is no good? Um, and I had a really good joke that I did for about two or three years, which was about the idea that we uh, find with people that we knew who were on the doll, much like the current circumstances that we're going through. But it was just strangers that we had a problem with who were the doll bludgers. And so that the CES, as it was called at the time, not Centrelink, right, the yeah. CES should, should take a leaf from World Vision and introduce a sponsor a doll bludger program. <laughs> and each month after you paid your money, you get a little picture of your doll bludger down at line at the CES, and they would write you a letter and tell you what's on Ricky Lake. That was the joke. I mean, you could tell that joke at some like right-wing political conference and it would get big laughs. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I could twist it. And I used to have a bit about Gladiators, the TV show Gladiators. <laughs> that was in my first set. And the best thing about that is it doesn't date. It's no, timeless. It was the, the warning they had at the end of Gladiators where it said, don't try this at home. <laughs> and I was like, and then the whole bit was about, because, you know, when I get to my house and I run up the travel ladder to the front door, like it was. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, yeah, good was, stuff. Yeah. Uh, Dave Ridley just says, long time teabag. I want to show my support for your podcast, especially in current times. Keep it up. Keeping me sane. And let's finish with a nice uh, letter with an address from Chris. Hey, guys. Hope you and your loved ones are well, safe, and sane. Yes, they are. Thanks for asking. I'm listening to episode 286, and you were chatting about the young ones, not the TV show, as in the youth of Australia and the world, not trusting the media, etc., impacting their apathy towards social distancing. I wanted to add on that for years, the older generation has been telling this young mob that climate change isn't real. They have to rack up huge debts to study and will never own a house because they eat avocado occasionally. Now they're being told to sacrifice most of life's pleasures to keep the geriatrics safe. I'm not a young bloke, but part of the attitude has to be due to anger towards the shit show we're leaving them with. Cheers, Chris. If this is worth the prize, I'm here. I literally live in a cave in the middle of the desert. It's pretty good quarantine. <laughs> he lives in Cooper Feedy. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I fucking know. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Could not... Took the words right out of my mouth, Chris. I think that, you know... The generation before us and in part our generation and the apathy of our generation has left a terrible legacy for the people who are younger than us and the challenges that they're going to have to face. So, yeah, absolutely could not agree with you more. And I did Let's all go and live in a cave in Cooper Beatty. I did hear someone say, like, you know, this whole thing about zero emissions by 2050, 
if you applied that same yeah. uh, framework to COVID, there would be a fucking like rebellion. There's no way people would say, oh, no, no, this disease, yeah. let's just wait to 20. We'll eradicate it in 20, 30 years. Yeah. Katan Joshi made the that exact point on the uh, interview he did on philosophy with, with me. He's just written a book about climate change and he said that's the exact thing. It's like, it's fucked now. And like, it gets more fucked the <laughs> slower we are to implement what we're going to do about it. Yeah, this right? is not an incremental change. that No, happen. it's not like if by 2050 we get to zero emissions, everything's going to be fine. We're all, we've already got a myriad of issues that have come out of the changing climate and they're only going to become more and more prevalent over the next fucking 30 years as we gradually fucking slow down. It is, And then those kids are all going to be in their 50s. Talking about how the kids are shit. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about how their kids are shit. With their seaside like, houses in the Blue Mountains. Exactly. It's just like, <laughs> you know what? We want to protect our property prices on top of this mountain by the ocean. So what needs to happen? Is it just like, just a generation has to die? Like, would that Can't that wait for a generation to die. Well, I'm, Although I guess I, maybe I this is what COVID though, was. I wonder though. COVID was meant to just kill off the generation not, it was getting But it's not the like way. there aren't young conservatives out there. No, of course there are, yeah. And so, like, it seems to be just, uh, at the moment, it's like a war of, um, uh, like, uh, 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 who's got the attention and who's controlling the narrative and who's got the loudest voice. And at the uh, moment, it feels like... Capitalism has all the attention. Yeah. Like, you know, the things that are destroying us are the things that create and, you know, demand the most attention. And so we're trapped in a fucking death spiral. We can't look up from our fucking phones to fix the fucking planet. Anyway. Anyway. Thank you very much. Good night. <laughs> uh, don't forget to check out our website, tofop.com. Uh, Everyone relax. <laughs> There's lots of other great podcasts. Uh, who's on Philosophy? So uh, Jen Kirkman uh, was on Friday. Uh, on Friday, it was Jen Kirkman. On Monday, it was Australian, former Australian cricket champion, Matthew Hayden. And then uh, next week, Beth Stelling, a brilliant American comedian, Beth Stelling. Uh, I've already recorded that one and it's an absolute cracker. And you can also listen to Two Guys, One Cup. We're getting near finals time in the AFL. Yeah. doesn't really mean anything. Probably Nothing won't change the won't content change. of our show. We did our longest one, I think, ever. The other half. night, it was like was longer than that. It was like nearly two hours. <laughs> Maybe you talked about football for 15 minutes. <laughs> we had a lot of personal grievances to begin with. <laughs> we will begin with the airing of personal grievances. <laughs> Uh, but we do uh, appreciate your support, uh, everyone who's, if you're supporting us either through Patreon or, uh, you know, uh, using our code with advertisers or even just giving us a good review, it all helps. So yep. thank you very much. Tell your friends, rate and review, press like, do all those things you meant to say when you work on the internet. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want, it's up to you.